for treatment. They need a lot of candy for the term of treatment, which is next Sunday for five or seven of you will just a grand parents and lots of play around and play around for the church. See your notes of the day on the November 1st. We're looking for that if you're regular. We want to be in meeting next Sunday after the morning service. And uh, this is very important to listen for this. Then on November 6th, also that evening, we're going to start back with our kids' Bible drill for first grade and sixth grade. Uh, Three-year-old pre K will also have those. And then supper will be provided. So that will begin that first Sunday in November. And uh, Mr. Grant, you'll come on up. Thank you. 
never be awake. Boy, enjoy the song services that I'll be Something about a good song service kind of brings you closer to the worship of God. It kind of gets you prepared for the message that God has. I'm thankful today for worship this morning. I hope you come also to worship through the word that God has to say to you this morning. To be honest with you, I really struggled this week with the message this morning. I kind of knew what what God was wanting me to do, at least just as far as what He was, how He was going to work on saying this. It was a difficult thing. And you guys tell me, I can struggle with this a lot as well. It's a message to them. I can't help but think that it really was nothing that was to do with working with me. Trying to do what God was instilling in me today. As far as I know, there is no 107th verse of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I, I don't, I don't, I haven't seen one, but, but, but anyway. Today we're going to be looking in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 17 through 25. The title of this message of the Lord I felt good to me was The Undeniable Power of God at Work in the Church. Uh, I've been trying to focus the messages this past week around our 150-year anniversary. And I, I feel as though this is what God has laid on my heart that this Sunday was, was about the power of God that works in the church. Uh, that power of God working through us and proclaiming the gospel. The Spirit of God working through us. I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but the Spirit of God is working through this morning. He's, he's already worked, I believe, through probably our Sunday school teacher this morning at no time today. Uh, and he's worked already this morning so far through the music that has been proclaimed and the worship that has been given unto God this morning. And he's working through me. I, I don't know quite how to explain that, but. It's the power of God that works through each and every one of us in order to accomplish His will and His way in this world today. If I was to mention the word power, uh, Brian usually you know, texts me asking what, what's going to be the, the message so he can prepare the song for the service. And, and I had uh, I'd seen the, you know, the title of the message and the verses that were going to use. And he had asked me, so what do you want this to be? The power of love? Well, just basically the power of God Himself. Uh, and if I mention the word power, I mean, most of us would, the first thing probably would be maybe one or two things that we might consider would be uh, possibly political power. I mean, we're going into a, uh, an election season this next month. Uh, there's some, some choices that need to be made, there's some votes that need to be cast. And, People in our society and in our world today feel as if the political power is probably a very important thing. Uh, there's also the, the power of the financial power. You know, looking at the fact that about you know, the United States, you would think and, and, and hope and pray that we would might still be considered 
a financial storehouse and a financial stability about us uh, than what we are. But uh, the reports and stuff that I look at and things that I see, it seems to me as though we're more we're we're in debt to more people than we are as far as in debt to ourselves. So the financial stability of us is a question to ask. The political question is a question to ask. And I don't not get into anything political about any of that tonight. But if I was to want to add one word to the word power, God, what do you associate that with? Is it a mighty move of God? Is it a something that you see as a terrific outpouring of God's power and spirit upon those? Is it a terrific movement amongst several different people? What is it actually the power of God in respect to what we say today is the power of God? I don't know if everybody here gets the, uh, the Baptist reflector, but in the last issue that I got was some, some disturbing statistics in there that I read that I want to give you this morning. It was from the Lifeware Research and Ligonora Ministries that recently released the 2022 State of Theology Report, and the findings are not very good. It says more than half of those surveyed do not believe Jesus Christ is the only way of salvation. 73% believe Jesus was a created being, not eternal. 43% do not believe Jesus is God. 60% do not believe the Holy Spirit is a person. 57% do not believe that people are sinful by nature. More than half of those surveyed, 53%, do not believe Scripture is literally true. I would say to that that the church has a big job of proclaiming the gospel and the power of God and the movement of God in this world. First Corinthians chapter 1, verses 17 to 25. This morning, I want to give you these because this was a missionary work of Paul that was brought to the church in Corinth. Uh, the Apostle Paul found it difficult to keep the worldly culture out of Corinth in the church and keep it out of the church. And his first and second letters for Paul to Corinthians addressed the problems that beset new Christians in the corrupt pagan environment that they lived in. I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but we live in a corrupt pagan environment. And this is what Paul said to them, beginning of verse 17. He says, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are preaching, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the dreamers. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has God not has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message, or your Bible may say the foolishness of preaching, to save those who believe. For the Jews request the sign, the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews as stumbling block, to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God was wiser than men, and the weakness of God was stronger than men. I read a 
preacher's statement this past week as I was doing some study for this message, and I really, I really connected with this statement, and I hope that you connect with it this morning. The statement was this, power is the ability to achieve purpose. Let me expand about what he's talking about there. When God created the world, he did so by the power of his words. He spoke, and they came into existence. The power of his word achieved the purpose in which he sent his word to establish. The power that he spoke through those words created everything you see today. Through the power of those words that God spoke himself. You may not know the name of the man that, that left this statement, but he, the name of him uh, is Lord Act that gave the quote years ago. I'm sure you remember this, and I hate to hear it. Power tends to corrupt, but absolute power corrupts absolutely. But what is one thing that most people pray? What is it that seems like our world today craves? It's power. It's influence. It's authority. We, we don't have to feel as though we don't have power over us. Power over something. Power over situations. Mankind craves power. Our enemy craves power to have power over us. But God has given unto the church power over the enemy or over Satan and his works. It's the power of the preaching of the cross. Paul reiterated it and said it here, I don't come to you with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ be made of none effect. In other words, Paul says, I can come to you and I can speak to you very eloquently. Eloquently. I can't even get the word out there. But Paul says, I can speak to you as a very educated man. But when I do that, I'm making the cross of Christ to seem as though it's not as effective as the word that I want to speak to. God's power is limitless. It means that God has power to do whatsoever he wants to. But you have to to think of this. God also puts a limit to his power. You see, for example, God has the power to force mankind to serve him. But yet God draws back that power and gives us the opportunity to choose whether or not we do so. Therefore, in my opinion, in that respect, it is clear to me that God simply does have all power if he can allow me to make the choice to serve him or to force me to serve him. Paul tells us in 2 Timothy verse 1, or chapter 1, verse 37, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That tells me the fact that, that what the world gives us is the spirit of fear. That is what the gospel is of the world today, is to preach fear. Because fear motivates people. But the power of God does far more than the spirit of fear does, according to what it tells us in Timothy. Paul also tells us in in uh, chapter 2, verse number 1, it says, But I, brethren, when I came to you again, he says, I did not come with the excellence of speech or wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive, persuasive words 
of human wisdom, but in the demonstration, watch this, the, of the Spirit and the power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. In the power of God. God gives us the power, gives us the ability to be the Christians of the There's one particular verse of Scripture I found also in the book of in fact, the letters of John chapter 19, where Pilate, Jesus is standing before Pilate, before him, before he ever gets executed, before he's ever has uh, uh, the pronouncement of death placed upon his life. But Pilate, he's still Jesus standing before Pilate, and Jesus won't answer any of his questions. Pilate asks him, Are you king of the Jews? You say that you're king of the Jews. The people say that you're king of the Jews, but you, you don't answer them. But why won't you answer them? Pilate's response to him is, do you not know that I have the power to crucify you? Oh, but I love Jesus' response back to you. Jesus' response back to Pilate was, You have no power to crucify me unless it be given to you by my hand. In my opinion, that proves that God still is on the Father. Because Jesus had enough power within him by the Father at that particular time. He could have taken control of the situation. But yet he went through that power that he might go to the cross for you. That he might go to the cross for you. Jesus told his disciples before he ascended back into heaven in Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, that he says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. Now, people get a little bit freaked out when they hear and when they read those particular verses in the book of Acts. Because people will tend to believe and think that that, takes a, that means that when the Spirit of God comes upon you, it makes you do crazy things. I mean, I'm from a Pentecostal background. I was raised in the Church of God, which means the Church of God believes in all the duties and all the working of God, the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit. That means to speak in tongues, that means to lay down your hands, that means to do anything, that means anything that the Bible says it here. God's name to the first Christians in the early church, they practice it, they believe it. Now, I'm not here to debate whether or not you believe in those things or you don't believe in those things. That's not the debate. The debate is whether or not you believe in the power of God. Do you believe that God's power has diminished any since they wrote those particular words? If you do, you might as well take the rest of it and tear it out and throw it away. Because I do believe that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His power has not diminished once. It's us that we limited him when it comes to the power and the ability that he holds. I looked up a few things this past week. This is why I say it was kind of difficult for me to do two weeks and be able to do services. But I looked up what would, what would have been considered the most powerful and strongest forces in the earth or the universe in the history of Well, when it comes to nature, the fundamental laws of nature, you can break it down into four forces that are at the core of the universe. Number one, the strong nuclear force, the force responsible for holding atomic nuclei and the individual protons and neutrons together. Number two, the weak nuclear force, the force responsible for some types of radioactive decay and the transmutation of heavy, unstable particles into lighter ones. Number three, the electronic, the electromagnetic force, the force that attracts and repels charged particles, binds atoms together into molecules and light. And number four, 
gravity, the force that binds the Earth and the solar system and stars and galaxies all together. Now, do you understand all those what those four particular forces that are at work and that are in use in the world today? If you like me, no, I don't. Did I pay a lot of attention to science class? No, I didn't. But I can tell you from the Trinity this morning, there is one force stronger than any one of these four put together today. And that is the power of God. For God Himself created all four of those forces and knows what it takes to make each one of them work in harmony with one another and work to reveal and do His will. Powerful than any of these things that are created. Here's a big word. You've heard this word before. It tells us that God is omnipotent. It means that God has unlimited amount of power. You know, it's, it's, I've heard this said before that people have used this before. But people have questioned and asked the question, what is the is there such a thing as God creating a stone that would be too heavy for us to drop it? Wait, and pick up. And I ask myself, it's a stupid question. You ask God to ask a question like that? You're asking the one who created the universe. Can he create anything that he can't control? No. I just don't believe that he can. There's not anything that our God cannot do. God, amazingly, wants to work his power through the church. You realize who the church is, don't you? It's not the building we're gathered in here this morning. It's not brick and stone and mortar. It's individual lives that God wants to work through. It's you He wants to work through. It's you He wants to use to spread His gospel. It is our job to do this thing. To spread His gospel. Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 20 tells us this. Paul talked to Ephesians and said, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Above all that we ask or think. How? According to the power that works in us. To him be the glory. Where? In the church. By Jesus, by Christ Jesus, to all generations, forever and forever. Tells me that God wants to work his miraculous power. Through us. Sometimes I've always liked using stuff that might make you look earthly. Something about the message. I've always used to be with the past. I don't know that I've ever done it before. I really wish I had a couple of people because that really makes it more powerful to use something like the illustration. And I don't think of that. What? There's one word for it. Surge, who said surge? Surge protector. I actually tried to find one in the house this week, and I couldn't find one because they were all plugged in. I got a bunch of stuff to put to you here. So I, I thought I was going to be smart. Dollar store, I bought one. That was ten bucks. That's ridiculous. Ten bucks for a surge protector. 
So if you know me and Kathy very well, you know we, we love the state sale. We like to do state sale. So uh, neither was an estate sale in Brownsburg yesterday. Everyone of us plugged into that source. 
what does that do? That protects us. It protects us. What, what does this thing actually do when it gets a surge of electricity in it? It directs it to a ground, which grounds it to keep it from destroying the device that you have left it to. Can I tell you something this morning? What you have within your heart, what you have planted within your heart, and hopefully you have hid within your heart, being the Word of God, what you have within you is the ground source that grounds you. That when the enemy does come into you like a flood, you can put your source and your help and your trust in this, and it grounds you to it, that when it does come in like a surge, God takes care of it. God grounds You'll say, well, I, you know, there's been some things that have happened in my life, and I've really wondered, was God there for me? God was there. Ask Job, where were you at, God, when all these things happened to me? God was there. God takes those things that come against us like a mighty surge against us. But if we are grounded in His Word, we don't have to worry about it. Why? Because the power source we're connected to has taken care of. And the surge protector, that word of God has protected care of us, that has watched over us. We don't have to worry because we've been connected to the power source. Maybe he was maybe the watch of God. I don't say, well, I, I don't know. I'm not familiar with the power of God. I've never experienced the power of God in my life. So it would be a good day to experience it. Today would be a good day to know what it's like to walk free of the bondage of sin and death. If you're a Christian here this morning, you can say, you know what? You know what happens when you disconnect yourself from this thing? What happens when you hook your devices up to it and you just decide one day, well, you know what? It's been a good thing to have, but I'm tired of it. It's ugly. I'm glad I'm reading my floor, but I don't want to take up space, so I just disconnect myself from it. What happens if you disconnect yourself from this thing? You lose protection. Can I tell you something this morning? If you disconnect yourself from God, you lose the protection. You, you walk away from the protector. You know, the Christian today and say, you know what I've done? There are times I've walked away from my protector. I've walked away from the one, away from the one that can protect me. Today would be a great day to walk back to that protector. The good thing about it is, is that you can still come back and still be connected to God wants you to be. The source is still there. You just need to be connected to the source. Father, first off, Lord, we thank you for the that you are the source of power that we need in this world that we live today. We are so thankful that you went to that cross. But you told Paul, you have no power in me. And I lay myself down freely. I give myself freely. 
We pray God's blessings upon you as you worship with us today. If God has led you to make a decision today for Jesus, we would love to hear about it. We invite you to come to our website, cometothecross.net. Our online decision card will allow you to tell us about the decision that you're making. All decisions, all contacts are kept private and are confidential. However, we would be able to pray for you and perhaps I'd even be able to call you and pray with you about what God has led you to do if you so desire. So fill out the form, let us know, and just know that we love you and God loves you. And we're excited that you're taking this first step for God today.